Hello there. Welcome to Almost 30. Hey, everybody. It's Lindsay and Krista. Thank you for being here. We are best friends. We are co-hosts. We are business partners. We are lovers. We are lovers. We are married. <laughs> it's the real deal. It's not a it's fake a real friendship. <laughs> it's a real match. I was. I, we're not in that space, but I was thinking about... I saw someone getting canceled or something like mm-hmm. kind of in our adjacent space. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, we'll probably never be in the world where like there's a headline about us breaking. You know how like yes. like a USA, no, not a USA today, but you know what I mean? Like a TMZ or something? Or, yeah. Or, or they'd be like, Chris and Lindsay broke up and we're like sitting here. We're like, no, we didn't. Yes. <laughs> God, I wish. Maybe we should pay someone to do that. Yeah, they'd be, Just for fun. You know what's interesting is they do have people actually pay to get on TMZ. Like they'll oh, of be like, of course they do. I know. I guess you you guys all know that. It's all. I mean, maybe not. Not everyone knows that, but that's the thing with it's, all of these gossip things. With all the gossip that's things, and also just anything in our industry, like most press is purchased, most awards and lists are purchased. Yes, it's all purchased. It's all purchased. Just so everyone knows, give up on your dreams. It's all purchased. Okay, or not even the <laughs> dreams, but like the. Yes. These like perceived accolades that are the yes. top of the top. It's like yes, there. I don't know. Yes. There's a lot to say there, but yeah, yeah. We you know sometimes we go you are your own. You are your own guru. Academy. Baby. Welcome to the show. Thank you for choosing Almost 30. We have over 500 episodes we've done over the years that are super powerful and impactful on topics in the spirituality, wellness, personal growth, and entrepreneurship space. So make sure to check them all out. You can subscribe as well. We've been doing this for about six years. And I'm excited about this episode today. This has been something I've been working on for a really long time, something I want to be a work in progress. I want to be conversational. I want to let you know that I'm not an expert. I just come with what I know, what I see, what I read, and what I feel. And so that is going to be what I'm talking about today when I'm talking about the evolution of feminism and femininity and how I feel about all of that. And talking a little bit about how capitalism plays into it. And then just how I perceive things to be going in our culture and world today, where I feel like women are just exhausted. Mm-hmm. We're trying to do all of the things and we're trying to be all of the things and we're trying to have side hustles and full-time jobs and have great relationships and be great parents and grow and do shadow work and do all of these things and then some and be healthy, have a great relationship with our body. Mm-hmm. And it can be a lot. And so I've found that over time, I've noticed how capitalism and feminism, the feminist movement are very much in partnership in a way that is making us burnt out, in a way that is making us not feel good, not feel in tune to our body and really moving us further away from our feminine essence and that true soul essence of our softness, of our love, of our surrender, of our truth than ever before. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking about like, growing up, like when I heard the word feminism, what would Mm -hmm. I think of? Or I would think of working hard, independent, not controlled by the man. I would think of certain people yes. in that. Like Sex in the City vibe. That's what I would think. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Literally the first name that comes to mind for me, which is like just hilarious. Please don't Barbie? judge me. Don't judge me. Don't Who? judge me. Hillary Clinton. Okay. I mean. I suppose, whatever. That's a whole nother. <laughs> not judge me because I'm almost just 30, like. That's an almost like, 30 after Judge me because it's so random and, and Well, Pantsuit Nation. Pantsuit Nation. That's why. Pantsuit Nation. Because, well, that was very. Yes. Very particularly orchestrated for you to see that. And this is the thing. It's like defining the bucket of this is what feminism is. This is what it means to be feminine. It means to be this certain type. And my thing is to have all types of femininity and expressions of being a woman, be accepted and being loved and however that feels. But yeah, I mean, that's so normal Mm -hmm. to have, because that, I mean, that pantsu nation was huge. That's so funny. I just remember the feeling, I remember my mom worked for my whole life and I remember being so proud of that. Mm -hmm. And I still am, I'm really grateful, you know, that she did, but it has its costs. Mm -hmm. And I think any woman mother knows that there are costs if you're working and some people have to work. And I just remember feeling that. And I was like, because it was so cool to have a mom working. It was like a cool energy to be like, my mom works. Yes. It was, you know, where I grew up and how I experienced life. 
it felt like it was less than if the mother just stayed home. Mm-hmm. Just, there mm-hmm. you go, just stayed home. Mm-hmm. And now I just perceive so much of that differently in a way that feels more inclusive of all people. But I remember feeling like, oh yeah, I'm proud she works. Yes. I remember lying to people one time and I was like, my mom makes more than my dad. <laughs> what? And you lied because it was cool? No one asked. <laughs> like, you know, when you're young, you just like try lies out. They're like, I'll take, the French fries and the big like your yes, lunch line. They're literally like, <laughs> and they're like, okay. who are you? Yeah, you just try lies out. You're like, so guys, so what do you think about this? Like, I had, I, I don't, I, who knows if that's, I don't even know if that's true or not. Could even be true. Who knows? I don't know how much my parents made, but I just remember saying that it was because of that type of vibe. I used to wear pointy toe shoes in high school because I was like. I wore pencil toe skirts because I was like, oh, this is like femininity. Totally. Being in business casual as a 14-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I would literally be like shopping. Shoes. I'd be shopping at like Express, The Limited. It was honestly, I was wearing like, clothes hilarious. for a 34-year-old. That's hilarious. <laughs> You're like, I'm ready for my interview. I had like a very, a year where I was in every club. I was doing everything. I was like made up clubs to be in. I was like, wow. Very student of the year that year. But also, it's like kind of trying on. I was. That's it's what like I, trying all these things. Trying all these identities on. Which is kind of fun. I was just trying these experiences. I was like, okay, I'm going to yes. try and be like teacher's pet, like whatever, mm-hmm. goody, goody two-shoe person. Mm-hmm. It was kind of interesting. And then like put tax on the teacher's chair, see how yeah, that feels. dude, and then fucking <laughs> shit in their car. <laughs> yes. And so again, you guys can have your own opinions. We welcome all opinions on our show. This is just my opinion and perspective. And I hope you take it as such. It's meant to spark conversation within you, mm-hmm. with your friends, with your community. And it's meant to maybe provide a different perspective or insight that maybe you aren't looking at or thinking about in this way, or maybe you already are. So it's meant to make you feel less alone. And last thing, my opinions change all the time. So maybe in a year, I'm like, wow, that was not how I feel right now. But this is how I feel in this moment. This is how I've been feeling for the past couple months and something I just wanted to bring in conversation because when I shared a post on Instagram about this topic, it felt like it resonated with so, so, so many people. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I I think the point about just Opinions changing, feelings mm-hmm. changing is just something that we we welcome too. It's mm-hmm. like, that's kind of the natural evolution of things. Yes. Permission to evolve. Truly, always. If you're new to Almost 30, make sure you subscribe. So all of our new episodes, every single week, hit your inbox. Make sure you are subscribed to our newsletter. We send you personal notes in there. We send you special discounts, all the good stuff. Go to almost30.com and sign up for that. And then you can just peruse because we have a lot on there. You can learn more about me and Krista. You can learn about our membership, which is just like next level with Krista and I, where we get really intimate and juicy with y'all every single month and workshops and live hangs and special content and so much more. Yes. We love you guys. Thank you for being a part of our lives. You can follow me on Instagram and join me in conversation about this at It's Krista. It's I-T-S Krista. That's K-R-I-S-T-A. And then you can find Almost 30 Podcast on Instagram. We are judging up our Instagram. So it's feeling better than ever at Almost 30 Podcast. All right, y'all. Enjoy this one and we'll see you soon. See you soon. Welcome to a solo episode with me, Krista from Almost 30. I'm excited to be here with you today. This one has been a long time coming. This has been a thought or perspective or set of ideals that I've been thinking about for quite some time and something that I've noticed for years and really didn't have the words for it until recently and really didn't have the confidence to speak up about something like this. Anything that I share is, of course, my perspective, my ideals. I've always wanted Almost 30 to feel like an open dialogue, a conversation between us two. And I've always wanted it to feel like we were hanging out and we were having a discussion as friends. And so I'm not an expert. I'm not someone that pretends to be. I am someone with a set of ideals and a platform to share them. And I'm someone that really likes to engage in open conversation and likes to learn and grow and likes to sometimes just 
share a perspective that might not be the most popular one because I feel like that's where growth really happens and that's where evolution really happens and that's where as a society we can get better is by exploring ideas that might not be the most popular or might not be the most accepted or might not be the most widely known. I am someone that most of the people that I look up to are like sometimes controversial because their ideas are just different. And I like to have my thoughts challenged. I like to learn from people that have different perspectives as me. So I'm excited for this conversation together. Again, a conversation together, just about some observations. Nothing is set in stone and nothing is like my expert opinion. It's just what I see and what I notice. So this started from a post that I wrote on Instagram. A few months ago, I was just really feeling called to share Most of the posts that I write are just like channeled in the moment, something I'm really seeing and thinking. And I basically said, I am not sure I'm a feminist. I find that some feminists seem to only like feminism when it's within the same structure of capitalism or patriarchy that creates a culture of hustle, productivity, hijacked nervous systems, judgment of those who don't girl boss or move within a corporate world or entrepreneurial structure, It also seems the feminism that seems to always be sold, aka wear a shirt that says feminist, buy a mug that says boss bitch, lol. The feminism I'm talking about is a distorted feminism. It's the conversations only centered around asking for raises, girl bossing, grinding no matter what, productivity hacking, hustling around the clock. In the ideal that to be successful, we must act and live like the masculine. I've found and seen that with some women slash women first organizations, they actually end up being the thing that they were claiming to be against. There's a distortion of a capitalistic energy that keeps us hustling, grinding, and overextending our own energy to feed into a system of overconsumption and never feeling whole. This energy also distorts what it actually means to love and support every woman on her path, even if it means she chooses to stay home with her family and raise her kids. Where's the support for the woman who is soft, well-rested, and pours her energy into the home and family? Our movement away from the support and love needed within a home has left so many of us feeling constantly burnt out and overwhelmed. So many women I know and work with feel constantly pulled in so many different directions, and I have to wonder what it is that is completely depleting us of our life force energy. I remember growing up and thinking it was less than for a woman to stay home and raise the kids. Like being away from home was cooler or a more empowered choice, which for some women, it is the more empowered choice, but for some, it's not. My ideal of feminism is actually loving and respecting the choice of a woman on whatever path she chooses to be on, whether it's one I would choose or not. One that's aimed at more wholeness, a regulated nervous system, and the ability to be in the feminine in a way that feels balanced. So growing up, I had these certain ideals fed to me, and you might have had them too. It was the boss bitch, CEO, you know, the woman not staying home was seen as better or more empowered. It was the independent woman always working, hustling, having help for the kids was like an ideal. And it was really like this girl power movement. You know, I grew up with the Spice Girls. The Spice Girls was like all about girl power and femininity and sparking that conversation around women doing what they want when they want. And there's such a beauty and power to that. And there's nothing about an empowered woman making a choice that feels good for her and everyone supporting her that I disagree with. It was really like this beautiful idea of feminism and femininity and wanting to have equal rights that oftentimes with the best movements can be distorted and it got distorted by capitalism. You know, this often happens where there's this like really beautiful, pure idea, and then darkness can sometimes get within it. And it became this really capitalism-friendly girl power that was like a certain commodification of feminism. And it's almost been absorbed by the structures that we fight against. Because if we're thinking about us being empowered and liberated and able to make our own choices and able to feel really good and rested and in balance, that's not what a lot of people feel in the current way that this system is. For me, it really gave me this idea and sense that my worth was working, being in the corporate world, moving up the corporate ladder, getting paid as much as possible, having a lot of masculine qualities. I remember there was like the cool girl ideal. So in high school and in college, it was like, be a cool girl. And being a cool girl basically meant 
taking on as many masculine qualities as possible, which is be like emotionally mute, (laughs) which isn't a masculine quality, but it was like stuff my emotions, agree with everything, be very chill, not be emotional. I don't even know what it was, but it was like this sense of accepting whatever you were given and a cool girl I felt like was liked by men because it's like you would almost act like a guy where you still had to be really, really hot, but you also had to have masculine qualities. So you had to be hot and like play video games and hot and play sports and hot and do all the things that men wanted. So I had these ideas about what it meant to be women. So it was a little bit of the cool girl and it was a little bit of the climbing the ladder, feeling like I should be working. It was the fight. It was the hustle. It was the belief that I had to do everything, you know, that I had to really do everything that I had to control, manage, and reach for or go for everything. So for me, my mom worked my entire life. And it was one of those things that it felt really empowering for her. You know, she was someone that grew up when feminism was really about that fight for equality. And a lot of that meant for women to work, which is really beautiful. I've worked my whole life, but it was something where she had always wanted me to be above anything was independent. You know, being someone that was you know, could make my own money, could make my own decisions. And it was really, really ingrained in her. And I also remember it being very ingrained in me from a young age to be very independent, to be doing things on my own, to be working, to be successful, to be all these things over anything else. Like it really was the priority for me in my experience of growing up in the Midwest over being well-rested, being regulated, being happy, being whole. It was all about the achievement. I am juggling quite a bit lately. I have a new baby, um, six months in, and uh, we are finishing our book and running a business and a marriage and a house. And um, it's just a lot, but everything is all good and just my dream, but it's a lot. But I have found that if my health routine is on point, then everything runs smoothly. And one huge piece of that routine is my supplementation. And Symbiotica has just always been a constant in my routine. Uh, If you haven't heard of Symbiotica, they're a health and wellness company that does everything with intention. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like I know them. (laughs) Shervine has been on the podcast many times. I just have seen how passionate, how incredibly intelligent, how dedicated he is to creating products um, that are clean, plant-based, without toxic or harmful chemicals, which we need more of that in the world. Um, So let me just run you through what I'm taking. Um, I take the vitamin D3 K2. It's the liposomal form. I just squirt 12 little pumps in my mouth every single morning. I also take their B12. Um, I'm also obsessed with the liposomal vitamin C. I have these little packets whether it's winter or whatever season, it's obviously great for immunity, but it also um, is amazing because it has biotin, one of nature's most beautifying ingredients. Uh, So I've seen an improvement in my skin, hair, and nail growth as well. I do have mom brain, um, but I'm doing my best to just support my brain health in any way. So for brain health, focus and memory, I really love taking their liposomal magnesium L3 and 8. It's an innovative form of magnesium that is able to cross the blood brain barrier. It supports brain health, mood, immune system function, and overall well-being. It's incredible and tastes amazing. It's like this yummy vanilla cream flavor. That's the thing with uh, Symbiotica products. They taste unbelievable. So it really makes taking all of these supplements so easy, so yummy. And I actually look forward to it. So if you want to give Symbiotica a try, there is no better time right now is the time. Symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. Use our code almost 30, 20% off site wide. So major. And then when you bundle and subscribe, which I highly recommend because you never want to run out of anything, uh, you're going to get an extra discount. So just do it up. Symbiotica.com and use the code almost 30 for 20% off site wide. This episode is brought to you by Better Help. Oh, therapy, y'all. I don't know. I just, I don't know what I did before therapy, to be completely honest with you. I think I was kind of a mess, but you know, found it when I was meant to, but I have been going to therapy for about six years now, which is so crazy. 
so crazy, but it has changed my life and I will continue to invest in therapy for as long as I can. I feel like it has totally, totally made my relationships better, made my career better. I am a better mom. I am a better wife. I'm a better friend. I'm a better daughter and sister. Y'all, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do, this is it. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you get matched and you're like, yeah, not quite a fit, they make it easy and it's free to change. But I've had a lot of friends try BetterHelp and love it. So I really, really encourage you to start therapy. It's been the best decision I've ever made for myself. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash almost 30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash almost 30. Through these experiences and even seeing my mom, I realized that so many women I see are working, they're side hustling. And now within the world that we live in, they're working on themselves. They're working on their relationships. They're raising children. They're doing housework. They're running a home. And at work, they even take on roles of supporting the team and its culture. So there's a lot of research around women in the workplace actually take on deeper roles of culture management and culture support than men do. So women are not only supporting the um, vibe of the home, the loving energy of the home or the feeling of the home and the peace and nurturance of being in a home, but they're also doing that at work. So it's very much in our nature to do things like that. We're very community-based. We're very communal. We're very sisterhood supportive. And they also do that in work. So not only are women taking on more at home, more in their personal lives, but they're also taking on way more in work. And then with what I do at almost 30 and being on tour for two years, I've seen this so, so much all the time. Sometimes we'll have events or I've gone to retreats or I've done you know various speaking engagements. And I can tell and see that so many women are so burnt out. They are so burnt out. It's like this capitalist hijacked femininity where we're just trying to achieve and do all of the things are making us incredibly burnt out. We had this event in Washington, D.C. It was really beautiful. Tour was the best. Almost 30 tours, the best. And we had, you know, 150, however many women, 200 women. And the speaker that we had speaking asked the women to raise their hands. They're like, how many of you are overwhelmed? Almost every woman raised her hand. How many of you are tired? Almost every woman raised her hand. How many of you are burnt out? Almost every woman raised her hand. And in that moment, I was so blown away because I realized that we all have this insatiable hunger for achievement and success, but it almost feels like it's something we're trying on and doesn't always feel like the real us because we know that it doesn't feel good to be burnt out. It doesn't feel good to be taking too much on. It doesn't feel good to be striving and trying to achieve and trying for the next thing and really moving towards that being super focused on productivity as a means for us to value ourselves. It doesn't feel good, but yet we're all really doing it and we're all really valuing this part of our experience where we think that we have to do all these things. And, you know, I've noticed too being in the entrepreneurial space. So, I was in the corporate world for eight years. Um, I've always had side hustles along the way, but now as an entrepreneur, it's like most people I know have their job. And then if they don't have a side hustle too, or if they don't have another business or another job, or if they're not in some sort of personal growth movement or something, they feel like they're doing something wrong. And we are completely burning ourselves out. And I don't, want to feel that way. I don't want to feel burnt out. I don't want to feel like I'm only valuable to society if I'm overextending myself or if I'm being productive or if I'm pushing myself to a limit. I want to feel rested. This really speaks to a desire I have for reclamation of the words that I thought were sometimes negative for describing the feminine. And when I talked previously about the cool girl, 
a lot of that was applying negative ideas to a lot of words that describe the feminine, whether that's soft or emotional or forgiving or tender or sensual or wild. I mean, how many of us have been called crazy? Like crazy is like the MO. Crazy is like the basic person's description of a woman either setting a boundary, expressing a need, (laughs) et cetera. It's like, we've all been called that. And we really need to reclaim so many different words that we've had to lose because they've been negatively connotated because they're associated with the feminine. And I want to be soft. I want to be forgiving. I want to be tender. I want to be wild and I want to be sensual. And I want to really embrace my emotionality. You know, for me, I'm someone, I'm a Pisces. I have big emotions. I'm someone that is completely a feeler. If you meet me, you know. And if you've a part of our community, you know. And I've always felt like that part of me was really bad. And that part of me needed to almost be exiled from my experience because I didn't really know what to do with it. I didn't really understand like, how do, what do I do with emotionality? How do I capitalize on my emotions? How do I make money from being emotional? How do I, I know that it actually distracts me from work. So I thought my being emotions, that feminine part of us that feels was really bad. And the other day I was talking to my mom and we were talking about something growing up and she's like, yeah, I remember you took some testing. There was a lot of testing that they did and the test was for creativity and you scored off the charts on creativity. She's like, I had a few teachers call me, the principal called me, you know, there's multiple people that called me to talk about what we should do about your test results for being creative. And she said, but I didn't know what to do with that because how do you make a life from that? And that just reminded me so deeply of all these different qualities that so many of us have, all these different aspects to our being that so many of us have, that because we don't know how to make money from them or we don't know how to commodify them, we exile them or see them as bad or see them as not worthy or see them as pointless. And in that moment, my creativity, which is so special and which is so much a part of me, we didn't know or they didn't know how to commodify really in a way. So it never became something that was um, supported, facilitated, or nurtured as part of my experience. And I'm sure... So many of you can relate to that where you have these gifts and these talents, but it doesn't fit into the paradigm that exists today that is changing, of course. And so sometimes it feels like, what do I do with this? What do I do with this desire to knit or this desire to create or do pottery or garden or you know, be with my animals or do all of these beautiful, soft, creative, experiential, sensual things They feel like they don't matter because I can't make money from them. And that's what I'm talking about where we have this idea where something is not good or worthy when it is feminine because we cannot make money from it because we're so stuck in this capitalistic idea of what is good and what is right and what is valuable. It seems to me in my experience that capitalism has really created this artificial table of valuations that marks, you know, the traditional role of man as inherently superior, a place that women are really kept from and therefore must reach towards because they're higher, because we love a good hierarchy, because humans, we love putting things in hierarchies, mostly because capitalism makes us believe that the highest value thing is to make money. So the men get the highest spot because we're taught to believe that the most high value thing you can do is make money. And for women then, we're striving to achieve all of the high value things, aka make money, because we're so inherently ingrained in capitalistic ideas. So the modern capitalism-led feminist that I mentioned previously, which is a term that I'm using for this experience or this energy, sees the male tasks as providing for and defending the family as preferable to the female tasks of nurturing and maintaining the family. So in this case, when I'm talking about oftentimes where I'll see women shaming or um, guilting women that want to stay home, that want to raise a family. This modern capitalistic idea of feminism sometimes leads us to shame and guilt them because we have this idea that the male tasks of providing for the family, having jobs, getting raises, climbing up the ladder, and making money are more superior than the women's tasks to stay at home and raise a family. 
And when we really think about it, there's nothing more valuable for us to do than to raise kids. Our future generations are the most important thing. And so I think we all know or are accustomed to or maybe have been exposed to ideas around the way that we value things in the world are not exactly as they should be. So water, as an example, we are made of water. It is so important to us. It is pretty easy accessible and it is pretty inexpensive, but it's very, very valuable to us. Clean air, very, very valuable. Very accessible in some ways. And we do not value a woman for raising the family, for creating the home, for really setting up future generations of humans to continue our species. We are so caught up in the capitalistic view of what is value that we now have women believing that there's more value in being at work, in being the provider, in being the defender of the family. And now women are constantly reaching towards those next levels of success that within capitalism, again, we're never really there. You never really achieve it. It never ends. It's a wheel. It never ends. You always want more. There's always more to be had. I say capitalism-led in this case because our capitalist society brought with it a message that making money was the most important thing a person can do. And a lot of us kind of in the back of our minds or subconsciously believe that. We inherently believe that if we make more money, we are more safe, we are more loved, we are more seen, we are so many things. And when we all have oriented our ideals around values in our culture, around money being the number one thing, well, what happens? Capitalism in part really makes the man's sole goal to accrue material wealth. And then therefore, they are seen as the better citizen because they are financially successful. And the woman, especially the woman previous to women working as much as they do now, was seen as really economically unproductive. So as the rise of capitalism happened and more women started to go out into the workplace, because men were the ones that could actually make money, they were seen as more valuable. And because women had to stay at home, they were seen as less valuable or less productive. And in the flip or in the evolution of the way this conversation is going, it's like we've sort of morphed into believing that even more deeply where women are just burning themselves out to prove their worth and prove their productivity and prove that they're good. And that they're worthy because we have been so taught that the innate gifts that we have within the feminine are not economically productive. And, you know, this has led us to really evaluate the feminine role in society, you know, because women had existed in the home previously and they did not have an opportunity to achieve money or riches as desired by the capitalist narrative. And because economic achievement had been one of the most important determinants of worth in an individual, women were seen as inferior. This was also with the tasks done within the home by the woman instead of outside the home were now really seen as evidence of female inferiority because they were not economically productive. And if they were not meant to make money, then surely it lacked what it meant to be a successful human being. So if you were staying home, doing all the things within the home, because there was not a direct correlation to money, it was seen as unsuccessful or unproductive. And all of that success and productivity was really given to the man who was really working. And again, I'm talking about previous times where there was more of the woman staying at home and the man um, working the job and how it's evolved and how we sort of still have those ideas in the back of our mind. We even see this as when a woman makes a public desire, whether it's on social media or she's expressing somewhere, she's telling friends, she's telling her community to be a mother, she's really seen as dependent on a man or putting her motherhood above her career. She can be told to get a prenup or to be mindful of her finances or to be careful not to trust them too much. You know, there's oftentimes a lot of warnings and almost like, speaking to omens to women that say they want to be a mother and stay at home. 
even though this is really a maternal instinct that most women are born with, to be a mother, to make a home, to create a peaceful environment for her family, to nurture, to love, to be soft, to support the community. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Okay, I need to introduce you to a revolutionary new app, um, Superhuman. I have been doing these superhuman activations every single morning for the last three weeks. Let me just tell you, I kind of fell off of my game after I had the baby. Most of my time and energy was going to him still is, but I have been able to carve out time in the morning before I get into the swing with him. And I've been doing these activations. I do a lot of the shorter ones because I don't have a ton of time, but let me just say, this is new. Like this is a new type of audio that, um, are super energizing and really specifically designed to transform you into your future self. So I know a lot of us want to manifest things. I know a lot of us are thinking about planning for the future. Um, but a lot of us feel stuck. And so I've just felt like this has unstuck me in just the most beautiful way. So I've been doing a lot of their pep talks. I've been doing some of their writing activations. Uh, this morning I did the three morning questions. It was a seven minute, really vibey writing activation that I love. So I had my journal out. Um, Yesterday, I did a pep talk uh, about tackling procrastination. There's a part of me that procrastinates quite a bit. So I'm just... I love this. I love this. There's going to be an activation for you for this moment, for this day. Uh, It's incredibly supportive. So we actually interviewed Mimi Bouchard, the founder, not too long ago. Check out that interview. Uh, and we have a sample of one of the activations on our feed. So you can check that out as well. It's way easier to implement into your routine and far more effective than any other audio app out there. I've just noticed that I'm doing it much more consistently. So please don't miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts. On top of the 14-day free trial, get over 60% off your subscription for a limited time only at activation.com slash almost 30. Literally, there is no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money back guarantee. The offer is only available through their website, not on the app store. So that's activations.com slash almost 30 for 60% off. It expires soon. My goal with this and with any conversation I have around this is for all women to feel like they can be feminine and however that experience manifests, you know, to be rested, to be nourished, to be taken care of, and to not have to do it all, to not feel like we're on this rat race or on this hamster wheel where we have to keep adding more and more and more and more and more to prove our worth, to prove our value, to be seen, to be seen as productive, um, and to be respected. I think that in our negation of the beauty of our feminine experience and all the feminine gifts that we have in our innate nature, however that balance sits within us, we've really given the power away to the forces that be, to the powers that be, to control us in a way that I think so many of us miss. And I think when we're hustling so hard and we're doing all the side hustles and pushing ourselves to the limit by working all day and all night and then on our phones and then you know, holding the containers of every relationship and friendship that we have and doing all the healing, that's really just sort of warped itself to keep us in the same state of always trying and always achieving and never feeling like we really, really get there. And being someone that's in the personal growth space, in the spirituality space and wellness space, I think it's been talked about a little bit, but it's also the evolution of capitalism into these communities where there's never enough. And that's where I feel like I really see it with anything is the never enoughness. There's never enough healing. There's never enough courses. There's never enough program. There's never enough trainings. There's never enough circles. There's never enough of all of these things that really, really keep the ego, obviously, very, very happy that it always has something to do. And then very much keeps us in this wheel of always trying and reaching and just seeking because we're not accepting the true nature of who we are and the beauty of who we are and the softness of who we are. However, that looks like specifically for you. 
there is really a lot of research that talks about the burnout gap in the corporate setting. This shows up between men and women. The burnout gap between men and women has actually doubled since last year. So there's twice as many women in the corporate environments that are burnt out than men. This was a study done by McKinsey that I'll link in the show notes. So why are women so tired? Why are we so tired? Well, there are 42% of women who report feeling burnt out. I think when we say the word burnout, for me, that should lead to recovery, nervous system regulation, time off, vacations. Burnout should be the last stop. And I think right now, burnout is really a natural thing that seems to be a step along the way. And we really need to reorient ourselves with what it means to be burnt out. Because if there's 42% of women feeling burnt out, what's next after that? What happens when you're consistently burnt out for years and years and years? How damaging to your health, mentally, physically, and emotionally. There's one in three women and 60% of mothers with young children who spend five or more hours a day on housework and caregiving. So not only are these women working nine to five, they're driving to and from work, and they're also spending five or more hours a day on housework and caregiving. So not only are they working their nine to five, but they're also spending a lot of their day doing all those caregiving, nurturing parts of themselves at home. That's a lot. And this is what I've been talking about where I'm noticing this pattern where I'm not necessarily seeing a lot of the way in which capitalism has distorted feminism supporting us because a woman shouldn't have to work and caregive and housekeep and hold the container for her family and friends and be responsible for ancestral healing, trauma, you know, we are taking on so much. And it's broken my heart that there's so many women that are doing so many things and burning out. And a lot of times they're doing so many things in the desire to feel better. So much of this is with a deep yearning for inner peace and for love and for affection and for satisfaction in their life. I think we're really taking the long route there. And I see women striving, you know, to find their position of power by abandoning their feminine energy. And it's interesting because even when I said that, I felt myself being like, oh, feminine energy. <laughs> you guys, it's real. I felt myself even thinking that in that moment, like, okay, we're going to talk about feminine energy. Yeah. I feel like so many of us believe that we have to really abandon our feminine gifts to find ourselves in a position of power or find ourselves respected or seen or supported. You know, I'm not saying that this is a bad way of being. The generations before us felt like they really need to make a bold statement to be taken seriously. So that meant a lot of them had to take on more masculine traits and abandon their feminine energy to be seen by the patriarchal society. But the downfall was when we started to believe that in order to succeed in business or in life, that women must conform to a more masculine version of themselves. This is not the way. And I'm so grateful that we can have conversations like this to unlearn. In a way, when we are taking on the more masculine version of ourselves, we are giving up our power as women. We are giving up our power as our unique beings when we are acting within this way that we feel like we have to, to get by. It's like saying, yes, women and men can be equals, but only if women are more like men. It feels like, you know, somewhere along the way that we forgot that equality means that all humans should be valued just the same, regardless of their gender or their innate essence or the qualities that make them them. And what it doesn't mean is that we have to have the innate same strengths. I think that's something that I really want to make purposeful is that we're valuing certain aspects of humans based on the ability for that aspect to make money for I want to say society, but it's not that really. It's like for the powers that be. <laughs> and we're not valuing people on their unique gifts, women on their unique gifts, or even men on their unique gifts. You know, men are 
not one archetype of masculinity that I think we often demonize a lot of times in these conversations. And men also fall on the spectrum. Men can be very feminine. Men can be very masculine. Men can live somewhere in the middle. And that's another conversation for another day. But we have these unique strengths and these unique gifts that we're sort of giving the power away to these forces that really seem to control us. It feels like, you know, burnout is really guaranteed when we feel constant pressure to strive and prove our equality in this specific way. When we are trying to prove our equality by being more like the masculine, by being more like men, by being more girl bossy, by being more like these certain set of ideals, we don't need to do that. I really think that if we are more feminine associated by nature and change ourselves to compete in a masculine dominated corporate world, then we lose some of our innate power. We forgot how to be a woman. We forget how to soften once we've left work and we can't get intimate with our partner. We can't relax. We can't be in our bodies. We can't enjoy life. We can't feel pleasure. We can't feel rest. We never turn off. And I know this from deep experience. I'm someone that's completely unwinding my nervous system from feeling like I had to just be working all the time and I could never enjoy my life or have pleasure or have rest or have ease or grace or really enjoy all these beautiful aspects of femininity that were so innate within me and that were so cut off by me for so many years. If we are continuing to forget how to soften once we've left work and we feel unbalanced and stressed and stuck, we become really rigid and we lose our flow. Holding on to this, you know, girl boss energy can feel like a mask at times. It can feel like we're not ourselves. It can feel like that moment where you're at your job and you really want to cry and you really want to feel and you really want to use your intuition and you really want to actually be in your feminine, that mysticism, that beautiful, juicy magic that we have that we've been shutting off for so long. And another part of this is when we demasculinize men to take our power back and using the hating or shaming of men to get power back never really gives us the power that we want. And we know this from history. You know, if someone is taking someone's power away by forcing or fighting, then usually that person that's taken the power away by forcing or fighting ends up in the same type of energetic signature as the person that was originally in it. So there's also that. And I really do believe that there is a restoration of balance available to us within the human race. And it's not about decreasing masculine power while increasing feminine power as if we're sitting on some kind of cosmic scale. It's really about both rising to power simultaneously. And I feel like we must be encouraging all women, no matter what they're aspiring to do in life, no matter what it looks like. If they want to be a gardener, great. They want to stay at home, great. If they want to be a CEO, great. I think there's a pressure that we have to really micromanage femininity and all the messages we get about it. It can leave us really physically, emotionally, and spiritually drained and burn us out. And the masculine and feminine energies are both so, so sacred. And so many of us are struggling to find balance between the two in a world biased towards the masculine qualities and pursuits. I think femininity is about fully realizing our divine sacred essence, about standing in our power in our own unique way, and about really creating a more harmonious world, really being in harmony with the planet. It doesn't mean that we're only operating from feminine energy or doing it one certain way. It's really about understanding the full range of our power as both feminine and masculine beings and cultivating the energy when needed. I believe that a woman who sources her creativity and energy from taking exquisite care of herself is more powerful than one who pushes so hard, she exhausts herself and is no longer experiencing joy and pleasure. Of course, men can and should connect with their inner feminine and women can and should connect with their inner masculine. These are very sacred energies beyond gender. 
everyone, all genders can find a real balance in both. But if we're all creating from the ego and falling into this capitalist distorted feminism, driven by competition, driven by money, we lose this harmonious balance with the planet. But if we are able to rise in our own sacred feminine power and create a world from a place of peace and love and service, can you guys imagine what would happen? I believe that we attract things in our life that are vibrating in the same frequency as ourselves. And as women, we are so deeply connected to the earth and in nature, and we are so in sync with the rhythms of this planet. We are women who are paving our own path and not the one that is laid out to be expected of us. We are doing it very, very different. I want to do it very, very different together. Our power only gets stronger where we expand our range of masculine and feminine energies and our capacity to create from our hearts. I think the most important piece I want to leave from all of this is really the understanding that when we are living and creating from the heart, beautiful and magical things happen and we can really, really rewrite all the narratives around femininity, all the narratives around our future, all the narratives around what it really means to be divinely embodied, whether you are in the masculine or in the feminine. What I want for people is to feel rested, is to feel satisfied with life, is to feel good in their bodies, and is to feel like they have control over the outcome of their future, that they're not burnt out all the time, that they feel like they can take a load off at the end of the day, where they feel like they're able to be creative and do things not because they make them money. I want for all women to feel like they're supported no matter what decisions they make. I want for all men to feel like they're also supported in their experience, if that's a more feminine one. I want us all to feel like we are non-judgmental and understanding of the divine expressions that we all come to this earth with. And I'm so hopeful for our rest, for our reset, for our nervous systems, and for us to create a more beautiful, inclusive future for all of us. Thank you so much for tuning into Almost 30. You can find more solo episodes from me by searching Krista Almost 30. I have a lot on body acceptance, on spirituality, on the spiritual ego, on a bunch of things. Mm -hmm. So you can dig into that. Lindsay has also amazing, powerful solo episodes she has done. So you can search those on Almost 30. But if you're subscribed, they will come straight to your phone every Tuesday and Thursday. And thank you to our sponsors. You can go to our show notes or almost30.com for all discounts special for Almost 30 listeners. Yes, we love you guys so much. We will see you on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.